The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. Welcome back, our wonderful Go Country listeners. We are the Custody Queens. I'm Kristen. And I'm Sam. And we have another great show for you today. Today we are going to talk about becoming a lawyer for all of you out there that are interested in potentially embarking on law school. Before we get into that, we are going to play a little game of true or false. Kristen has a question for me. All right, Sam, don't let me down. M&M stands for Mo- Mars and Moordale. True or false? True. Uh, it stands for Mars and Murray. Really? Yep. Totally got that wrong. Wow. Well, I just committed to my answer, and I don't know that I ever thought that M&M stood for anything besides M and M. Yeah, me yeah. neither. But don't worry. You can redeem yourself in the upcoming shows. Okay. I'll look forward to it. All right. So before we get into kind of today's episode and, and talking about becoming a lawyer and what it takes and what you should think about before you kind of start that process, if you're thinking about it, Kristen and I are going to go ahead and do our segment Uh, Divorce Tales. This is where Kristen and I listen to a crazy fact pattern and we analyze all the fictional components and kind of say how it relates to family law. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Sounds good. This is Divorce Once upon a time, a divorcing husband hid $10 million by making an overpayment to the tax office. Auditors thought it was a tax payment and processed it. You know, business as usual. Six months later, it was refunded, meaning he got the money back plus a generous interest rate. He actually made money on his divorce. This actually worked. It was so slimy and devious. He never faced any penalization for doing this. Don't try to pull this off nowadays though. Auditors have since caught on to this scheme and you most definitely could face penalties or even jail time. So that is uh, quite the scheme. I will say I have rarely heard of the IRS returning money. So yeah, <laughs> especially $10 million, um, but you know, good for him. The reality is, in family law, if you are hiding an asset, you're in trouble. Um, you have a fiduciary duty to disclose any asset that you have and that is a part of the marriage or something that was before the marriage. You have to tell the other side about it. And if you don't, uh, then the court can sanction you. Part of that sanction could be awarding your spouse or ex-spouse 100% of that asset. Yeah, there's a lot of schemes that come up in financial aspects of divorce cases. And I've never heard of this exact one. Um, and again, I can never, I have never heard of a story where the IRS returns anything. Usually they're swiping uh, monies from people's bank accounts. But there are a lot of schemes that do go on when you are going through the discovery or the disclosure uh, process of a divorce case. And whenever I talk to a, a client or a potential client about this, I always tell them 
it is far more important to disclose and to get everything out in the open right up front because the consequences, if you don't, are so incredibly severe. It's just not worth it. Uh, you know, as an attorney, if I see an account in, in the Cayman Islands, it's, you know, something is going on. And also another little quick tip that I probably have from that, that fictional story we just heard is you're probably inviting the IRS to be in your life forever by trying to get away with that scam. I mean, it's, it's almost like they've become an intruder in your life now. So you're, you're always going to get caught. Everything is traceable in divorce cases, financial cases. It's very easy to trace things and to subpoena documents. So I just wouldn't do it. I couldn't agree more, Kristen. I, I think that that was a very interesting scheme. I'm not sure that that, practically speaking, would work. But nevertheless, I, I think the moral of the story is you have to disclose what you have. Um, it's good faith and fair dealing with the other side. And you have to do that or, or suffer the consequences. Yep. When in doubt, disclose, disclose, disclose. All right, let's move on. All right, so I think it's time for us to get into the topic of the day, which is, so you want to be a lawyer. Um, Kristen, what made you want to be a lawyer? Oh, that's the million-dollar question. Um, <laughs> I, I was actually, I, I, I always say that I was bred into law. I have two brothers that are currently sitting for an Arizona bar exam and the California bar exam uh, as we speak. And uh, I have, you know, obviously you guys have met my dad, managing partner of Holstrom Block and Park, uh, Dane Holstrom. So I, from a very, very early age, knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. What I didn't fully understand until I became an attorney is just how much work, commitment, dedication, and stress goes into being a lawyer. I, I always wanted to follow my dad's footsteps and uh, I have a, a couple different backgrounds of sales and business, which is kind of a, a, another passion of mine. But until you are actually a lawyer and you're doing litigation and you're dealing with a caseload of your own and clients, I don't think it really hits home how, how just how much work goes into this job. Yeah, and speaking from my own experience, I know that I learned so much in law school, but I didn't really learn how to be a lawyer until I became a lawyer. 100%. Uh, it's, it's not one of the, you kind of think, okay, I'm going to go into law school and they're going to teach me how to go to court and, and teach me everything in between. And really, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of analytical skills. It's crucial. Um, but it's not quite learning how to be a lawyer in the true sense that you might otherwise imagine. Yeah, I, I think law school is great for teaching you how to read uh, and, and analyze, which is a huge component of being a good lawyer. If you have an attorney that cannot analyze and assess and um, compartmentalize different issues in a case, they're going to struggle, especially with family law. But law school does not teach you how to dance on your feet. It does not teach you how to look at at things like a matrix. What's happening next? What happens if this happens? I mean, family law is like dominoes, right? If, if one thing happens, it, it's very likely 10 more things are gonna happen. And they just don't teach you that. One of the biggest things that I think makes you become a better attorney is life experiences. Well, it's funny that you say that because I'll find myself now in a case or listening to a fact pattern or, or argument and I'll think to myself, oh, that's what they were talking about in law school. And like, here it's clicking years and years and years later. So it's it's very interesting. Yeah, it's one thing to regurgitate the law or to memorize the law and know the codes. And it's a whole other aspect to actually 
you know, follow what the law means and to understand what the intent of that code or that law meant. We can all memorize everything, but that's what separates good lawyers from lawyers that are just getting by. And I, I just, I, I think that life makes you better. You know, having, buying a house makes you understand the process of refinancing a house and purchasing and everything that goes along with the closing process. Going through that makes you better. Having children, I don't think having children makes you a better attorney, but as, as a mom like me, I can think, okay, minimum days. Those are things that I might need to bring up. And those are things that Sam and I talk about constantly because each of those life experiences that you go through, if you deal with anxiety or depression and you can relate to your client about things that you go through personally, obviously there's boundaries, but I think that that's what makes people a good lawyer. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kristen. So if somebody's thinking about going to law school or becoming a lawyer in general, regardless of if it's family law or another area of practice, do you have any tips for that person? I do. Uh, one tip is, is before you even get into law school, really prepare for the LSAT. That's not something I took very seriously. I thought that I was a genius and graduated with almost a nearly 4.0 GPA in college while playing soccer and that I didn't need to buy a practice book. <laughs> and wow, did that bite me in the you know what. So everything from the time you think about law school through your career is preparation. It, it really is. Plan each step, look into your options, look at the different vehicles that different schools have, the side programs. And that's kind of my pre-lawyer tip, and I do just have one more tip, is if you're gonna be a lawyer, you gotta understand that the emotional toll that this job takes on you. And family law is probably a little bit more different than other areas of law, but that was something I don't know that I was prepared for. Um, I know that it is getting easier for me the longer that I do it because I'm better at setting boundaries for myself. But when you are dealing with other people's challenges and you know detrimental situations that they're going through, it takes a toll on you. Whether you're built for it or you have to learn how to be built for it, it, it takes a toll. And I think that you really have to make sure that that is the path that you want to embark on. No matter what type of lawyer you are, there are deadlines, there are very challenging moments, and you are always taking on the stress of other people. I couldn't agree more. And when I'm sitting here thinking, why did I go to law school and how hard it is and how different it is than what I thought I was going to school to do, I realize that what's really the most important thing before going to law school, in my mind, is finding your why. Like, why are you going to law school? Are you going to law school because you think you're going to make a bunch of money and it's going to be easy and you're going to wear a fancy suit? Probably not going to pan out for you. Might, if it does, great. But for the most part, you want to find your why. And you want to know, hey, like I'm going to law school because I want to help people do this or I want to learn this skill. I would never, ever consider myself the same person after law school that I was predating that. And that is now a part of me. I feel like being an attorney is a part of me and I, I truly love that. But you wanna kinda, I think, think about it maybe further than what I did uh, before deciding it's what you wanna do. I mean, it's a time commitment, it's a financial commitment. Um, and as Kristen was saying, it's a, a big emotional toll on you. And I think ultimately it's worth it. I think that it's a really, really great career to be involved in. And I just think before people do it, they should probably find their why. I love that you said that, Sam, because I think that you should find your why before you engage in any 
big commitment or project or if you're taking on a side business or just really anything if you're deciding you want to have another child whatever that is finding your why gives you the motivation and the strength to power through the really challenging times because in any career not just law you're going to have moments of oh my gosh how did I get myself into this I'm I'm in debt the student loans I'm working 12 hour days but if you know your why and you are committed to your why it pushes you through I yeah, mean it's exactly right and if you are thinking about, okay, I'm going to law school, I'm, I'm gonna talk to my attorney friends that I know they're attorneys, or my non-attorney friends, those are really the two types of people you can ask. I feel like you're gonna get a lot of feedback that's, wow, that's a, that's a big commitment, or no, you shouldn't go to law school, or man, if I could go tell younger me to not go, I'd tell them. But I, I do think that that's a little pessimistic, and I'm probably pissing off a lot of attorneys out there by saying this. But I mean, ultimately, a lot of attorneys that are giving that advice are still doing it for a living. Um, I, I think that there's value that maybe we don't always take a step back and appreciate in being a lawyer in the way that you analyze things. I agree. And there's a lot of different areas of law. I mean, there's there's patent law, there's civil litigation, there's personal injury, there's business, there's transaction, there's entertainment. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you may be someone who's thinking about being a litigation attorney. And what that means is you're in court often, you're doing trials, you're taking testimony. Or you may be an attorney that's a little more akin to uh, doing mediation, which is less outside of court, more working with the parties or you could do transactional work which is even different than both of those yeah or you're doing like in-house counsel for you know panda express you could do that i actually have a friend that does that so there's a lot of different areas of of law you can obviously practice in i think also that was something that i didn't consider before that you should consider if you're going to law school is that it does allow you to have some transferable skills so if ultimately you didn't I wouldn't go to law school if you don't want to be a lawyer, but ultimately if you went to law school and you said, hey, this isn't for me, you still have a lot of transferable skills into other industries. No, I agree. And, and there's a lot of people that try law out and they decide it's not for them. And law school, as much as I don't know that it, it teaches you how to be a really good lawyer, it still teaches you a lot of necessary skills, I think, in business. And when I was in college, I actually chose business marketing as my major before I be actually went to law school. And I had asked my dad what I should major in and we were having conversations. And he always told me that really good lawyers are even better business people. And that's just the way that I practice. And it really has helped me in my career because good attorneys, there's there's a lot of us out there, there are, but people that are good business people, those are the ones that are gonna keep the doors open, keep their employees hired. The business people think beyond just the law. They, they have the real life application of running a business. Right, and it's a totally second job for you. Yeah. <laughs> you have quite a few jobs, Kristen. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know when I was in college taking marketing, I didn't know how important and relevant it is to, to my career today. And I love it almost as much as I love being an attorney because it just, it brings so many new events and challenges and projects to yeah. us. And I really implemented- you're, you're very creative. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, we have, and we get to learn from our production team and our sound engineer and our videographers, how we tie all of this in together and bring you guys a show like this. It's very, very fun. Now here's the million dollar question, Sam. If you could go back and do it all over again, would you still go to law school? Yes, I would. I unequivocally would. And I was actually thinking about that kind of in preparation. And I, sometimes I feel like my life has just been a series of accidents that have worked out well, very well. Um, and 
it kind of makes me nervous to think like I could have gone to a different law school or been living in a different state and working for a different firm and like missed out on all the current experiences that I have. So I, I'm very humbled and I would do it again in a heartbeat and I'm terrified at the idea that it would produce a different outcome. I mean, just think if you lived in another state, you would have never met me. No, and then where would I be? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would be selling <laughs> alligator <something>, heads. <laughs> something at a swamp. Kristen and I have a running joke whenever we're really stressed out that we're going to move away to a swamp. Um, and I'm going to take Kristen with me because she's a great salesman and I'm going to have her sell something to the mass. And, I think alligator heads is what you've been trying to convince me of selling. Yeah, yeah. That or, you know, some, some version of that. Don't worry, everybody listening. We are not heading to Arkansas anytime soon. Uh, but yes, there there are days that, you know, you, you kind of question, is this really my life? Is this right for me? And like Sam, I get asked this question a lot. And the answer is yes, I would go back and do it over in a heartbeat. Now, would I probably do things slightly different in the process? Yes, but that's only because I'm 40 now and I'm smarter and I know myself more and I'm more comfortable in my own skin. So there would be things that I would change with the process, but I love what I do and I love what Sam and I do together. I love the people that we educate and that we teach how to be better parents and how to co-parent and how to make this process work because at the end of the day we talk about this so much divorce is not a failure breaking up is not a failure and it's so important for us to educate people that this is just a, it's a stepping stone and i think that's truly what sam and i were put on this earth to do is to educate people listening and that want to transition to the next phase of their life without feeling like a failure. So do I. And I, I agree with that deeply. I really do. So if you really want to be a lawyer, give Sam and I a call or a message. We'll answer as many questions as we can. We do have some advice regarding, you know, if there's special classes at your law school that we think that you should take that helps you prepare for the bar exam or writing classes. But send us your questions. We're happy to give you some advice or answer those questions. But your life is is your journey it is no one else's so pick a career that you're committed to and that you want to embrace in because as long as life is you know when you when you think about how long it can be the days go by fast and you want to pick a career that is going to make you happy internally absolutely and there is not a lot of things that Chris and I can promise you but I think that it's safe to say we can promise you that if you go to law school you will all of a sudden hear from all these people that you've never heard from since you were like six or 10 <laughs> or junior high asking you for unsolicited legal advice over things that you do not, areas that you do not practice in. That is very true. Just in the last Guaranteed. week, I got a question about an HOA, you know, pending issue. I got a question about um, something to do with a, a car, you know, a lemon law. Yeah. A couple days ago, I had, you know, someone that got in a car accident and some acquaintances, some are friends, some are like friends of friends of friends of friends that somehow got my number. And if you are trying to get information or advice about a specific area of law, make sure you reach out to someone that practices in that area. Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm like a referring people out right and left, but I, I promise you that if you become an attorney, people will ask you questions you don't know the answer to about areas of law that you don't practice, likely in states that you're not currently living in. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. I actually got a question about a New Jersey case the other day 
And I was like, I, I'm not familiar with the laws in that state. I can tell you this is kind of what California would do in a situation like that. But again, here's my 18 disclaimers. Right. I'm not licensed there. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I do have a big announcement that I want to just tell everybody today. Sam is now a certified family law specialist. <laughs> the look on her face. I think I just I scared like, her right what? now. She about to say there's like... 10 possible things. That was the best one, yes. I'm very excited about being a certified family law specialist. I'm joining the club. Kristen's been a certified family law specialist for years. Um, it's, it's great. I'm very excited to have that additional kind of knowledge and title. Um, but really, Kristen and I just, we love what we do, and I think that's a representation of it. And what that means for everybody listening is it means that we are both certified as specialists by the State Bar of California. You have to take an additional bar exam, uh, the specialist exam as they call it, and it's a full day and it's a, a combination of, I think it's eight essays and some multiple choice questions, but it is an eight hour test. And uh, unless you wanna practice in another state, that potentially would be our last bar exam, but who knows what's in store for the custody queens. <laughs> but it, it, I'm really proud of Sam and I just wanted to let everyone know it's not an easy task. It's a year of studying and then you have to go take it. And then, you know, with the pandemic, it's kind of been in a delay with getting the applications process. But I'm super happy of my partner in crime and very excited for her. Thanks so much. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So Kristen, do you have any embarrassing moments of of being an attorney that you want to share with us? Okay, well, you've been with me through many (laughs) of those embarrassing moments. But yes, uh, being an attorney for a decade, I have a slew of uh, embarrassing moments, but I will spare the details of all of them and I will give you my funniest one. So (laughs) one one morning, a friend of mine had suggested that I try this detox tea. And, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to go into details about the tea, but... If anyone's taken it, they kind of know where I'm going with this. But I did take it before my court appearance. I drank (laughs) it, enjoyed the tea, it's good flavor. And I was in a pretty high conflict, litigated, uh, long court appearance that morning. And let's just say it, it, you know, it did its job halfway through my (laughs) court, the tea. And, you know, let's just say that I had to ask the court to take a recess (laughs) because, I should not have drank that tea. So I'm going to leave it at that. Everyone can else use their imagination. I'm sure most uh, women out there listening to this have had a detox tea moment. But my lesson from that is even if your friend tells you to take it in the morning, don't take it in the morning. Take it at night. I might have been the friend. But I didn't I didn't intend to set you up for a fail. I was just like very jazzed about the tea. <laughs> there is some great detox tea. Uh, you can email Sam for the best kinds. But yeah, don't let your bestie tell you to drink the tea before a court appearance. Oh, that's good. Sam, do you what is your most embarrassing moment? Maybe I I, I, I have a ton of embarrassing moments. Um I feel like I've gone through some of them. I was just going like to say, the, you riding the, the, the bike in the rain, you know, with, with your the, with the foot. The three-wheeler, yeah, with my, yeah, like wet t-shirt contest that looked more <laughs> like a wet dog. That was that was a very good one. Um, I guess this is like law-related, but not lawyerly. Um, 
a couple of years, maybe it was a couple of years ago, I got called to jury duty. And, um, you know, I was all confident that I wasn't going to get selected for a, a jury. And of course I got selected. But um, when I was there, I was like, great, this is like, you know, a day off. I'm going to, you know, relax. I'm going to tap into my old lady. So I like brought a bag of yarn um, and a crochet needle. And I was intending to crochet a blanket because what else do you do when you're sitting in a room for eight hours? This is pre-COVID. Um, and so I was just gonna crochet away and then I'm going to go through security. I'm like waving, pretending I know everyone. Um, and they stop me and the guy confiscates my crochet needle. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what? What do you mean you can't bring a crochet? I'm just trying to make a blanket. And he's like, no, this is a very specific item that you can't bring in. Like, this is very important for you to not bring it in. And I'm like, why? And he just like, with his left hand, just like points down at the sign. And I will never look at these signs different again. So in front of almost every courthouse, it will literally have a sign of prohibited items. And it's like gun, knife, crochet needle. <laughs> it says it straight up on the signage. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I basically was just in jury duty with a, a bag of yarn for eight hours. That is hilarious. I don't, I've never read that sign entirely. I should read it too, but that, that is only you would show up in court with a crochet needle. But I see, I was trying to like argue my way around it. Like how is this specifically a weapon, you know? And he was like, it's right. on the side, <laughs> ma'am. Come on, you are an officer of the court, Samantha. Uh, that's yeah. a good one, that's, so that's a good one. Good. Um, all right, so before we wrap up our show, I think we should do our segment called uh, give some advice to your younger self. I don't know if it's called that, but it's where Kristen and I give advice to our younger self and we say little things that we think that we would have liked to know as, as children. All right, I'll start. Mine is super easy. It's not very emotional. I know that I give you guys a lot of really emotional ones because uh, I have a lot of things that I'd like to tell my younger self, but this one, uh, this one came from my mama and my esthetician <laughs> and anyone you get a facial from. Wear sunscreen on your face, men, women, ladies. I even teach my six-year-old to just put it, you know, on her face every morning as lotion. It, the sunscreen on your face is so important when you get older and it will save you a lot of money as an adult of trying to undo the damage that you did as a child. Now, I am not someone who ever used baby oil, you know, some sanding, tanning stuff, uh, definitely in high school, I will admit to, but leave the baby oil at home, sunscreen the face every day. Even if you're in an office, just with the lights on, wear your sunscreen, mix it with a moisturizer, get one with, you know, the sunscreen in it, put it under your foundation, your makeup, but wear your sunscreen, ladies. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What do you want to tell your younger but not shorter self? My younger but equally as tall self. Um, okay, so I actually was thinking about this a lot, and I, I kind of jotted it down because I, I thought that it was pretty profound, and, and I don't often have a profound thought. So um, what I would tell my younger self is people that don't understand your silence are never going to understand your words. And... What I mean by that is I've had, I mean, I'm sure we've all had a lot of shower conversations where we're like arguing with other people and there's all these things we wish we would have said and we're trying to like plead our point to a human being and you have to understand why I'm right. And we're constantly searching for a reaction from people rather than understanding that we can't change what they think. And so um, the reason I kind of liked that quote was, you know, if, if you can't 
if, if people can't understand when you're being quiet, then the idea that if you just go and give them a laundry list of reasons why you're right, that's not going to change them either. So uh, it, again, it's one of those, hey, you got to internalize it. I, I think it translates pretty well to a lot of Kristen and I's real life and clients when you think about, you know, a lot of these, these individuals and, and our clients and our family and our friends go through these very tough emotional breakups and they you know just want to get out get it out and, and have other people understand them and it's really probably not productive and it's not because we don't want that for you, it's not because I don't want people to understand me, it's just because it's kind of a failing premise. So, so I think that's about it for the day, Kristen. Um, it went by too fast, it always does. Thank you everyone for joining us today. It was another really feel good episode I felt like. I love sharing what Sam and I have been through, where we're going, the mistakes that we've made and the mistakes that we can try to help you from not making. So be sure to follow us on our social media feeds. We have Custody Queens on air. We have custodyqueens.com. I am Custody Queen Kristen. I am at Samantha McBride. We have a lot of giveaways coming up, so stay tuned. I want to do something that I thought would be really cool is I want to do a giveaway of a box from me. Some things that I like, some things that I think you would like. I want to do a male one and a female one, so we will do some giveaways. And then the next month, Sam's going to do it. And they will have about a $200 face value. So make sure you follow our feeds, and those giveaways will be announced in the near future. And uh, You can also give us a call at one 800 419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us with the custody the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.